Welcome to the Mislabeled Podcast, a podcast made by women, for women, and about women. Three ladies from different walks of life tackle the topics that nobody is talking about. So buckle up, babes, because here, nothing is off the table, unless you are on the table. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and um, everybody in between. This is Shweta Patel with the Mislabeled Podcast, and my darling co-hosts, Ashley Rogers and Jessica Villegas. Hello, darling. Morning. So today, we're going to just get right back into it because we're doing that thing that we do that made us actually start this podcast, which is having an amazing conversation and realizing if only we could share it with everybody. So we're talking about the state of affairs and one of the biggest labels that we are all currently trying to find a way of addressing, which is that of gender, sexuality, and how we identify ourselves. And yeah, this is a this is something that is obviously a very important topic, but even so even as important as it is, it's very interesting in my opinion to see how much it has become pervasive in social mainstream media to to discuss it, to bring attention to it, and it's been very interesting to see how various different industries are tackling this otherwise somewhat delicate, I don't want to call it an issue because it's not really an issue, but topic, I guess you can say. Just the other day, I was watching a movie on Netflix. And ever so often, I get into the urge of wanting to watch a Bollywood movie, you know, reconnect with my musical roots. That's for you, Ashley. Yes. So love it. For anybody who may not know what Bollywood is, that is just the Indian version of Hollywood. And Indian movies, at least formerly, used to be very much renowned for being musicals at all times, but they've kind of deviated away from that now. I digress. I was watching this movie yesterday on Netflix, and it was actually very eye-opening about the current affair of how transgender and how pansexuality, homosexuality, that entire discussion is being handled in India. And it was a very well done movie about a transgender woman who in real life, she's actually an actress that's cisgender, but she's portraying a transgender female and how she falls in love with a cisgender male who doesn't know that she's transgender. And the the turmoil and turbulence that she experiences and that they both experience as a result. So <laughs> I think it's interesting because India typically, you know, it, it is considered a more socially conservative country, or at least in the past it has been. And I think that it's fantastic that they are embracing being more progressive in their mindset about things in general, but particularly about sexuality and gender identification. But that is a huge social taboo in India. In fact, it's actively, openly treated as like transgender women and men are treated with like public disrespect. And it's considered to be a insult when you're when you are referred to as transgender. There's actually this word for it that they do use in the movie. And it's it's very derogatory. And, you know, the fact that they are now looking at it from a whole fresh set of eyes of like, hey, maybe we have been mistreating people with this narrow-minded perspective on things from the past. So it was very, it was very eye-opening because 
I do think it's a topic that's important to be clearly understood. Personally, however, I'm not a fan of how much our social culture feels the need to suddenly just over embrace and over correct. And just suddenly now all we're talking about is something that maybe may have not been talked about enough, but then it becomes a little overwhelming. And I get the process, like in order to bring attention to something and to bring it the positive attention it deserves, it needs to be discussed. But it does sometimes start to feel like, oh my God, we are, that's all we're talking about right now. Kind of looks like when there's an election and it's like, oh my God, that's all everybody wants to talk about is the politics of our, you know, non-bipartisan country. What do you guys think? What have your experiences been on this? I personally just think that the way that politics is permeating our society down to the communities in which so many of our citizens feel safe is really concerning. Even though in the state of Florida, we're doing what we're doing, we as in other people, not me, but it's pushing back up to a national level. So the college board, they have an AP psychology course where you can take this, you get college credit in high school. So College credit is important in high school, especially when when we're talking about saving money on college, right? A, A psychology course is typically three credits and all depending on the school, that class could cost you $12 or $2,500. So to be able to take that in high school can be tremendous savings for families who need that money. And at the state level, it the law passed that we can't teach anything about sexuality in schools. So this means that the AP psychology course can still be offered. You won't receive the college credit because it can only be offered if it excludes the discussion of sexuality and how it impacts societies. So like specifically in this excerpt that I read earlier, The AP course asks students to describe how sex and gender influence socialization and other aspects of development. This element of the framework is not new. It's always been there at the AP level to get that college credit. It is now banned in the state of Florida to discuss that. Jessica, do you think that it's being done that way because those that are involved in the lobbying of this are thinking that transgender and gender and sexuality is not a psychological issue. And that's why they're saying like they should not be discussed in AP psychology or am I being... Absolutely. No, absolutely. Because even aside from AP psychology in schools, teachers are not allowed to discuss sexuality. There are very harsh actions that can come from discussing it as per state law. And which is insinuating that sexuality is taught, it's learned and it's not inherent at a biological level. And I think that's incredibly dangerous. And I think it's really not connected to the safety of our children at all. We're trying to protect our children from being taught to be gay or transgender. However, we don't care about guns, right? Which is a whole nother political topic, but we're fighting so hard to protect them to be straight and continue to procreate. Well, as I was just going to say, like, we might as well stop talking about sex. Because if we do start talking about sex and teaching about how babies are made, children will start having babies. Should they know where babies come from? Because perhaps we should 
skeleton and the cabbage patch stories. No, because then they'll be able to make them come from there. I think that storks will always have a job. <laughs> I just think it's really important. Yep. Especially if we stop teaching people about reproduction and, and sexuality. But yeah. What, what really scares me about this is the, you know, the rate of suicide in gay and transgender, transsexual, because they don't feel supported. For many people, their parents and their home are not a support system. For a lot of people, that's their teacher, that's their school. And now that's been taken away from them by saying, you can't talk about these things. You now don't have that safety net at school to talk to even your teacher about it. Well, it doesn't stop there. So their Women for Liberty, Moms for Liberty group is lobbying to remove mental health from schools because mental health is healthcare. And healthcare doesn't belong in schools. So where that gets tricky is, okay, so we should not have school nurses. We should not have a cafeteria. We should not have PE or sports because all of those can impact healthcare and could ultimately become healthcare or are in some way, shape or form healthcare, right? So, so then we just want prisons. We want child prisons. Not even, that's not a prison because even prisoners have more access to things information yep. and they have access to healthcare within prisons mm-hmm. and they they get other support they other they get other resources so it's interesting that for those who feel the need to have more control over what their children are learning homeschool would be a great option don't you think mm-hmm. rather than completely restructuring how our entire schooling system functions Right. And what I'm saying is like, I get if maybe there was, and I, I say this not as a, I personally agree with, but I can understand our world where there's discomfort with now taking something that has not been formally discussed and suddenly going back and including it in all of the curriculum because we now are wanting to have an open discussion about it. I can see certain parents being like, uh, uh, uh. We didn't sign up for this, but to go back and then curate what is already being educated to then omit things because it no longer suddenly works for you, which before AP psychology was just AP psychology, but now it has become a vehicle because of somebody's perception of bad learning or of propagation of learning of things that they now associate with brainwashing children into thinking that they're something that they're not because, you know, it's just a thought that you're a transgender. It's just a thought that you think you're gay. It's not actually what you are. And if you don't discuss it, then maybe it'll go away. I feel like it's just, it's the same mentality as going back through history and omitting uncomfortable details because you just don't want to you don't want to be reminded of what the reality oh, like used to be. slavery in the discussion of American history. history or taking down like statues because of what they are a reminder of instead of now openly displaying them as what they were instead of using them as an opportunity to not repeat that right as a opportunity for education of what they used to stand for but now we have changed we don't need to change the history but you rather use it as a 
landmark to identify how we think differently, right? Like I can look at a show from the 1950s and be like, oh my God, that person's using a telephone on with on the on the landline with like a rotary dial. Haha, <laughs> look how far we've come. I'm not saying that we need to go back into all of the 1950s movies and now make them more accurate to current times where they should change out the phones to flip phones or a smartphone or an iPhone because I don't want to be reminded that we used to use rotary phones. I mean, I'm trying to take it down to a level of like comparison that's less emotionally charged so that we can maybe be a little bit more logical about this, right? And so going back into the current state of schooling, it's like, these are topics that were already discussed. And now we're going we're gonna to renege on the stuff that we have consumed growing up as education, because now some, somehow we are associating it with current you know, culture and a culture that is being feared of being openly discussed about. And so therefore, we're just going to backtrack and remove all the books out of school and whatever it is that seems to be appropriate to stick our head in the sand is, I guess, what we're calling it. So the interesting thing is that we don't want our kids to be, quote unquote, some people will say brainwashed, but instead we just want to brainwash them. I personally think that this comes down to a, a religious divide. And I want to preface this by saying, I know that not everybody who is religious is not accepting of homosexuality and transgender and transsexual, but I guarantee you that every single person that is pushing to take this out of schools is pushing a religious agenda. And I think it comes down to, we have a big divide in our country right now of, of people who truly believe our laws should be governed by the Bible and people who don't. I actually 100% agree with you on, on what you just said about like this observation that there is a huge religious undercurrent that's driving this. And I, like, again, I'm trying to project it into a global perspective. There are, there are countries that are actually non-secular, right? as in they are not open to multiple religions, they are driven politically and socially by a single religion. Islamic countries like Pakistan or Afghanistan, they are non-secular. The United States is a secular country. India is a secular country because we are not specifically identifying with one religion, right? But so there are non-secular countries in the world, at least that I'm not aware of are having an issue like this, where they are suddenly you know, becoming divided or having some kind of a social disrest because of having sexuality, gender identification, and topics like these now becoming more prevalent in conversation. I don't know. What do you guys think of the fact that that's, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's, these are just I, not issues. Well, that I think that up so until this, this point in history, we have been a predominantly Christian nation. And we are moving away from that. And so just like I'll bring up the Barbie post that made me so upset. <laughs> so um, why did it make you upset? So, well, I'm going to explain. So this woman said, I am tired of... Oh, she pulled um, out the actual quote. No, I don't have it. I just have my oh, tiny T-Rex hands. Hand. <laughs> when Ashley gets very... For the audience, when Ashley gets very charged up, her hands pucker up her fingers into a small quarter-sized space and very reminiscent of 
a T-Rex. And when Jessica becomes very charged about a topic, her hair becomes instantly more softer and shinier from her repetitive <laughs> That sounds much more pretty than tiny T-Rex hands. What if I pet my hair with tiny T-Rex hands? You'll cover less area because they're puckered. You might want to spread your index. <laughs> okay. This woman, who I will not bless her name on our very popular podcast, I, she said, I am sick and tired of compromising my Christian values by seeing trans people. Everywhere. By seeing trans people. In movies. and In movies. and Commercials. Stories. And I feel like that speaks for itself. Well, I think that's very weak Christian principles if they get so easily compromised. Uh, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. How are you compromising anything? If you are very staunch on whatever religion it is that you believe in, you can't be wavered, right? So does Allow it... a perfect trans- analogy that takes away the charge of this conversation. I am a heterosexual male that is driving around and seeing all these billboards of extremely voluptuous women in scantily clad clothing. And I am feeling extremely sick and tired of having my fidelity tested and compromised <laughs> because I'm seeing beautiful women everywhere. Well, yes, yeah, so it's more of a him problem, right? Yes. Yeah. No, this was a murder problem. It is not a Christianity problem. It is a problem with a certain sect of people within the religion that are trying to push this agenda of we cannot have homosexual people. We cannot have transgender people. And we don't want our kids to even see it or hear it in schools. But I'm always back on the constitution and say life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yeah. But if we pretend it's not there, if we don't talk about it, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's, it's, you know, just like sexual education. If you only preach abstinence, kids are not going to stop having sex. We're not going to have, not have teen pregnancies anymore just because we preach abstinence only. Here's a monkey wrench in the, the agenda of those who wish that these topics do not get discussed about. Have you considered the amount of attention that is being drawn because as a state, as a school organization, we are actively trying to not talk about these things, it is directly creating a lot more attention on these topics. So It's just like Bruno, right? We don't talk yeah. about Bruno. Who's Bruno? We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. And Canto? No. no. But it's like saying, I'm not touching you <laughs> or I'm not talking to you right now. Mm. I'm, I'm, so, I'm still not talking to you. It's like, hey, oh, hey, why are we talking, talking about this today? Right. Whoa. Let's not because talk of about what, it. Because of what Florida is trying to do with its school or right. is exactly. actively doing with its schools right Maybe now. this is actually the point. Maybe we're so unaware of how progressive our state can be that this is their actual way <laughs> of bringing more positive attention to the topic. Oh, yes. I'm sure that's well, there. We're talking about it because at least... For me, it, it creates turbulence in my heart and in my mind because I work with teens and young adults and I directly see how these types of things can impact them in a very negative way coming from kids who live in homes who are very aggressively against, right? So this fuels those flames. And then 
as a coach, I'm working with kids who are closed-minded or sometimes a little bit hateful, right? And then I'm also working with kids who are experiencing the backlash of that hate and the mental health impact it's having. And the whole reason why I started my company is because of what I was seeing happening in our community with our young. That's a really um, good point you bring up. Like, have you had that, Jessica, have you had that encounter where say a teen is experiencing struggles and the family is very, has very strong feelings about this, you know, current topic of affairs of sexuality and gender and, and identity, but the teen wants to perhaps talk about it or explore it or is looking for a safe space to connect. Like, how do you deal with that? Has there, have you had to deal with that even? Yeah. I mean, I have had a client who identifies as gender fluid and absolutely cannot talk to their family about it. And that actually, it, it impedes a little bit on my ability as a coach to work with them because all they want to do is use the session as a vent. So it's difficult to make progress in those situations sometimes because there's no safety at home. That when you said that, like made my heart drop into my stomach because I never, I never want my children to feel like that. I want to be the first person that they come to. And on top of that, the mental health issues and all of the other things that happen in their lives is it's just, it's very difficult to sit back and watch and not be able to do anything about it. Because as a coach, you can't step over the parents. Oh, absolutely not. I have to stay in a relatively neutral client advocate yielding position when I'm working with my clients. But which I imagine a lot of teachers in our schooling system are also experiencing that struggle, which is that, you know, they are now being dictated on how to basically ignore or or avoid. And there are parents who will overstep and they'll say, I want you to work on this specifically with my kid. You know, and, and so they how about this, this? How about this statistic? One in four LGBTQ teens attempted suicide in the first half of 2021. Not thought about it, attempted. Jesus. And there's probably some parents out there who are like, "My kid shouldn't be that way, right?" And they're not supportive at all. But just imagine being that parent and going in and finding your child deceased, right? Because I mean, they couldn't come to you. Well, I, mean, I don't think they'll see it that way, right? They'll, they'll probably consider it as this is because they were taught this in school. And if only we had white-outed some of these books. Well, we are a country that doesn't like to take responsibility, so. Oh, my God. At large. At large. Oh, if you are looking for a book about our country hiding responsibility, How to Hide an Empire is a very good book. You should read it. Ooh, I got one. Just wanted to plug that. The Creature of Jekyll Island. Mm. A little bit more monetary related, but you guys know me. I'm financially very motivated. But yeah, one thing after another. <sighs> I feel sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I brought this topic just so everybody no, knows. It's, it's a very important topic and we should have feelings about it. <laughs> right. And we should talk about it. And I feel like suddenly everybody should get their own podcast so they can talk about it openly and not have to worry about, you know, being. Or they can comment on our podcast about oh, yeah. how they feel about it. I actually like it. that idea so much better. Mm -hmm. Or you can always request to be a speaker and share your, your comments openly. We should do that. We should have like a, a dial-in. Dial-in. Yeah, like, you know, like we have uh, like a radio, radio show. show. 
I'm getting so nostalgic of the good old days. Hello, <laughs> um, oh, caller number four. You are on the mislabeled podcast. What is your opinion on AP psychology in American high schools? Um, well, I'd like to actually talk about the fact that I was trying to figure out where the bathroom was. And I was really confused because I guess they're changing up things about bathrooms now. Oh, yes. Yes. That's next week's topic. Call back later. Just kidding. Yes, that Just is true. the bathroom. Pick the bathroom. Yeah. Ladies, meet Gaia, a telehealth platform exclusively for women by women. I know what you're thinking. Telehealth for your hoo-ha? Your wellness goes way beyond your gynecologic concerns. At Gaia, we get to know the whole you in all of your glory. This means your mental, hormonal, fitness, and gynecological needs. And if it makes your life easier and helps you take better care of yourself, why not use modern medicine to help you be your best self? You deserve a comfortable, convenient, and comprehensive experience. You deserve health care that is designed around you, on your turf, on your terms. And now it's as easy as one, register, two, book, three, start your visit. Isn't it time for women's health care to be convenient, comfortable, and complete? Gaia Wellness, something better is finally here. What, what were you saying earlier, Ashley, about that? Like they're, they're doing away with transgender bathrooms. That was Jessica. Sorry, Jessica. She I can't, can't, remember. Remember. I can't just really no, that, that was Jessica. There's disciplinary action for anyone using a bathroom that is not labeled as their biological sex. So if you're transgender, you must use your biological gender at birth bathroom. And if you're caught <laughs> doing otherwise in the state of Florida. I didn't realize that we we actually, I, and I, this might just go to show you that I probably should listen to the news. <laughs> That was funny. No, I won't. Did we ever implement transgender bathrooms? Or is that just what we call a unisex bathroom? Which is personally, in my opinion, the best way to go. Just put a door. I agree. Mm -hmm. Create a stall. There are those bathrooms. There, at least at my child's high school, there were those bathrooms. And they were called transgender bathrooms. And they were just unisex bathrooms. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Unisex, I heard, but I didn't, I, I knew that I knew that establishments that had unisex bathrooms just had unisex bathrooms. They didn't have male, female, unisex. Like it was just like, it's a bathroom, go in, take a piss and get the hell out. Right. I prefer um, it so much, yeah. especially since like, so for my son, I'm not like ready for to send him into like a male only bathroom. Yeah. But he's too old to come into the female bathroom. Like because I'm sorry, there isn't a bathroom that's labeled pedophilic bathroom where only the pedophiles yeah, exactly. go, so you don't exactly. have to worry about it, right? Yeah. Like uh, also, maybe they should do that. How do we know who's going into what? Like, are we asking to see people's that's genitals the before they go into the bathroom? Excuse me, are you a male or a female? And secondly, transgender does not mean that they've actually had a full procedure. They might identify Correct. as a as a male or female without having the reconstructive surgery. Right. So they could still anatomically be male, required now to go into a male bathroom as, as while they identify as a female, and they are just as much susceptible to having themselves violated or taken or assaulted, particularly Probably, I think yeah. even more because even more, yeah. of yeah. right. Or they could have had surgery and now essentially are anatomically female. And mind you, I'm not saying genotypically, which is for anybody who's out there being like, well, they're not technically anatomically, as of reconstructed anatomically to be female. Can we edit in my eye roll sound? 
Yes. <laughs> but now they have an identity that is supported by anatomy and hormones they are, and hormones that they are a female to the point where you really may not be able to distinguish, but they have to go into the men's bathroom. And how are you going to, how are we, are we, is there going to be like a customs or table or something like, like we have many cases of that in high schools just to play devil's advocate. Like as in they've had surgery. Right. Well, and I think that's because it's even not really, I don't want to say allowed, but it's discouraged until a certain age because of the propensity for regret and or not having fully actualized what they are wanting to be, which I think I have dual thoughts on that. I think that it's kind of like saying, oh, a 16 year old can become pregnant, but still needs permission from their parents to go see a doctor for certain things, right? Like it's kind of like certain things identify you as capable of being able to make decisions for yourself. But I get that this is still a very charged topic. And so requiring more counseling and multiple points of contact where we're confirming that the individual is ready and wanting this change and will not have essentially buyer's remorse after the surgery. I get it. I actually don't get it. I can't say I get it. I, I see where that could be considered appropriate. Though for that person, that individual who is feeling like they are trapped in a body that does not support who they are, like, oh, what's another year or two? Like, no, that's probably extremely painful for them. Not to mention that the recovery is already going to be very long. And so they are postponing all that, right? But nevertheless, that's probably why there are not as many of these incidences in teenage or high schoolers because it's just not even a thing yet. But colleges, I imagine, where... Yeah, I don't know what the mandates are on college campuses. Yeah, I think it's some colleges have bi-gender bathrooms like everybody else and some have co-ed dormitories and I don't know. Now I'm feeling really sad. It's a whole rabbit hole. But I mean, at the end of the day, when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about the safety of our nation and addressing mental health issues, we're talking about gun violence and and all of these other things. These are the kinds of things that exacerbate that, right? When you are stagnating or stifling or oppressing people, there is not going to be a positive benefit to greater society because a lot of trauma comes from that. And where trauma and mental health issues lie is where we've got issues in prisons and in, you know, we're talking at the at the most basic root cause level. It is very difficult for society to change and for people to like level up their legacy when they are not being treated as humans. By the way, for anybody who is looking for an awesome event to attend, sorry, you can't because when this podcast comes out, the beautiful Brenna's birthday party will already be over. Sucks to be you. Florida Foam Factory. Well, what about the Mompreneur event that's coming up? That's going to be a fantastic one. August 31st. That's when it is. From 9 to 4 p.m., I believe. August 31st from 11 to 5. From 11 to 5. That's what I said. I think I have to be there at 9 or something. Yes, it's going to be a fantastic event. There's going to be keynote speakers. It's for, I mean, ideally it's for women who either are entrepreneurs, want to become entrepreneurs. Maybe they're juggling it all and they're looking for 
their people, their support system. This is where you will find that. Also, just getting lots of skills and insights and inspiration to becoming the best business owner that you can be. There you go. Fantastic. Mompreneur event. The very first mompreneur event. In Orlando. Google it or you can reach out to me and I'll send you the link. How about we just link it when we post this podcast? I think that's a great idea. Well, this is the end of our mislabeled podcast today. This was a high variety, high voltage potpourri of extremely charged topics. And as always, we don't like to beat around the bush, especially me. So yeah, you just get, get right in there. Yeah. You just spread in the bush. You don't beat. It's not a thing. So yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will, we dare you to make some comments about what we said. Thanks for tuning in to the mislabeled podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button after you finish leaving us a review till next time.